Welcome to Pilipinas Ngayon, a podcast that discusses some of the most pressing social and political issues in the Philippines. I am Mary Rose Herbalinga, second-year Bachelor of Arts in Political Science student from University of the Philippines, Visayas, and I will be your host and also your companion in whatever you are doing right now while you are listening to this podcast. Just a disclaimer, the views and opinions that I will be giving at some point of this discussion does not reflect the views and opinions of my university. Also, as much as possible, I want to keep this discussion conversational and not very technical so that it will be understandable and relatable for other people as well. I think that's everything you have to know about me, your host, and everything you have to know regarding this podcast, basically. So... Without further ado, let's get on with our first discussion, which is all about the issue of poverty in the Philippines. With the current situation that we have, where many people lost their jobs, and healthcare services, education, and secure environment has been inaccessible to everyone, needless to say that poverty and economic disparity became one of the most pressing and prominent social issues nowadays. Of course, being a citizen from a third world country, this issue is not new to us at all, especially to those belonging at the lower level of social hierarchy who sees and experience financial struggle every day. Poverty as a recurring issue is almost impossible to eradicate, especially with the pandemic right now. You may or may not be aware of this, but our government is actually doing something to alleviate and reduce poverty incidents in our country through policies and programs, and one of those is the Kapit Bisig Laban sa Kahirapan Comprehensive and Integrated Delivery of Social Services, or Kalahi CIDSS, or KC. So the three things that we have to do in this discussion is first, we'll briefly go through the background of this program, its goals, and its objectives. Second, we will examine why this program was not very successful in some areas where it was implemented and lastly we will look at how different groups comprising civil society contribute to the implementation of the said program the kapit bisig laban sa hirapan comprehensive and integrated delivery of social services project was first created in 2003 under gloria arroyo's administration as a response to the problem of poverty in the Philippines. Now, this name is quite a bit lengthy, so we'll just have to call it as Kalahi CIDSS or better yet, Casey. It was a flagship program that primarily seeks to alleviate poverty incidents by empowering communities and providing them with better access to basic services and infrastructure. It was officially approved in 2013 and was implemented under the Aquino administration with DSWD as its official implementing agency. Aside from empowering communities, this program also seeks to increase the knowledge, the skills, and the confidence of the members of a particular area or community so that they can participate willingly in the local governance activities. Now that we know what this Casey program is, what's its purpose, and why is it created, we will now take a look in a specific municipality where it was implemented and see why it became successful and why it failed. 
According to a survey done by Asian Development Bank in 2009, most cases of poverty are in rural areas where farming and fishing are the primary source of income. Thus, eradication of poverty entails policies and programs that would permeate to every part and peripheries of our country. This is now where the role and function of local government unit or the LGU becomes of great importance as it serves as the link between the citizens and the central government. LGU has the responsibility to ensure that all the services, resources, as well as the funds from the central government are reaching the municipalities, cities, and barangays, especially those that are located in remote areas. Since this KC program of the government is centered on community development, this entails broader cooperation from the local government leaders and stakeholders, especially at the municipal and barangay level. Due to resources constraints, this KC program was only implemented in the poorest municipalities of the Philippines, which was selected based on specific criteria established by the implementing agency. The municipality of Barotac Viejo in the province of Iloilo was among the beneficiaries of this KC program. Now, in the first cycle of the development project, the municipality of Barotac Viejo was one of the star performers, but after it was selected as one of the participants and beneficiary for Makasamang Tugon, a project under the KC program, the completion of sub-projects was halted due to the poor performance of Municipal Coordinating Team or the MCT that their municipal government had organized in leading the project. So during those times when the sub-projects was halted, many members of the community said that there were procurement anomalies and mismanagement issues. But later on, it was found out that the poor performance of MCT was primarily caused by the absence of the local government leadership. Apparently, the incumbent mayor was often absent in the municipality since he was busy preparing to run for the higher office. It was then um, when the municipality of Barotac Viejo was excluded from the KC program and was only then included when a new mayor was elected and the previous officers of the MCT who are reportedly misbehaving were removed from participating in the project. This specific experience of Barotac Viejo just proves how crucial the role of LGU is in the development of municipality cities in Barangay. What's Interesting is that if we compare it to the experiences of the communities of Mulanay in Quezon, in Talaingod, in Davao del Norte, where the projects under KC were completed and efficiently managed by the local official, we'll realize that indeed decentralization, as much as it is needed for the localities to thrive, sometimes it does not entirely create positive results because the performance that is rendered by the LGUs in different places often vary. Okay, so at this point, I hope you're still listening or maybe interested because we are down to our last subtopic in this podcast, which is the impact and level of participation or the contribution of civil society and different groups on the implementation of poverty alleviating program of the government. Civil society, for those who doesn't know, refers to a wide range of organizations such as non-governmental organizations, indigenous groups, labor unions, community organizations, and faith-based organizations. For the past year, civil society organization has become so pervasive in our country and they've become so influential that the pressure and the demands that they bring into a political arena 
creates significant impact to the policies and the programs that is created by the government. Some of the poverty reduction policies, such as the Comprehensive Agrarian Reform Program, Indigenous Peoples' Rights Act, and Social Welfare Services, were crafted or formulated and was implemented because of the civil society's organization's demand. The civil society organizations, they all form networks with private sectors and other advocacy groups to make their influence broader as well as to generate support and sometimes funds as well. The non-government organizations or the NGOs has become a great help in implementation of KC program because they helped in delivering education, training, and other social welfare services to the public, especially to the localities in remote areas. Also, the partnerships of NGOs with private sectors increased the funds for the program which generated more and better projects for different communities. Gawad Kalinga and the Philippine Partnerships for the Development of Human Resources in Rural Areas or PhilDHRA are some of the NGOs that contributed to the implementation of poverty alleviation programs by building partnerships and networks with other groups and organizations. According to DSWD, these civil society organizations act as bantay, gabay, kaagapay, and tulay that provide technical assistance, serve as project partners, enhance monitoring and feedback, and they serve as watchdogs to prevent corruption. Through these networks, the implementation of government policies and projects, particularly the Kalahi CIDSS, are becoming more successful and inclusive. Civil society organizations didn't just simply exist to demand something from the state because nowadays, as we have observed, their influence became so broad that they become a potent alliance of the state in the effective implementation of policies and programs. From our analysis of the Kalai CIDSS program or the KC program, there are just two points or two conclusions that we have to emphasize. First is that the participation of local government is always very important in addressing poverty, especially in rural and remote areas, as we have seen in the case of Barotak Viejo. The second point we have to emphasize is that the forged alliances in coordination between government institutions and civil societies, such as non-government organizations as well as private sectors, generates a much meaningful result in policy implementation. Thus, it can be inferred that collaborations and partnership between central government and networks of independent actors, especially those at the peripheries of the state, can be a potential tool in a successful policy-making and implementation. As this podcast comes to an end, I just hope that you were able to learn a thing or two from it. Once again, I am your host, Mary Rose Herbolinga, reminding you that if you're not yet registered, go to the nearest precinct right now and let us exercise our rights and duties as Filipinos in 2022. Thank you for listening to Pilipinas Ngayon.